current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Fires really work, or is it more like you cease why we still fire? We'll examine the latest in Israel. Is an Egyptian sheik right, wrong, or both? America is no friend to Israel. The UN is no friend to our dinner table. And Pope Francis is no friend to Israel. Those stories plus much more as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly peek at Bible prophecies in the world's news for Friday, December 1st, 2023. Hey, you've got a friend and probably didn't even know it. It's our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance. A full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products is ready to give you friendly advice and a no-obligation quote when you contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. Listen, watch, read the articles we talk about, or do all three if you're a multitasker. You can share any of our shows with someone you know and ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question by hitting us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times. Or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And now, here to remind us that heaven has strict immigration laws, but hell has open borders, is Pastor Mark, who recently was so blown away that he put a puzzle together in just one day because the box said two to four years. That's, that's yeah, that's pretty, pretty impressive. For me, I could see me believing that. <laughs> yeah, but there you see, there was a, a long delay there. A long the, delay, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but no, you know, anyway. that's interesting. It's funny, the, the, the border statement there, that's kind of a little bit more accurate than what... Um, isn't that true, though? Well, yeah, it really is. You know, just interesting thing about because God sets borders. You know, just look, thinking about that today. The borders that we have, God sets, and they're for protection, not to keep good people out. You want right. to welcome people, but they're there for protection. And when you just open the border and let anyone in, then you're you're not protecting your people. That's right. Uh, anyway, so that yeah. yeah, that's that is kind of a, a very a, appropriate. I, I, sometimes your intro is like better than your joke. Yeah, but they I were know. Both, they're both but okay. That's, that's okay. They're both okay. You, yeah, you keep saying that. I know yes. that. I know that you like the intro better than the joke. <laughs> it's and, all right. uh, anyway. <laughs> I like the ending better than the beginning. So, yes. uh, before we get into our show in the articles and discussions and things that are on your heart, I just wanted to let our listeners know, we originally, when we started this program, we have been uh, available to subscribe through a lot of podcasting outlets, whether it's Apple, Google, uh, Stitcher, which is no more, I believe, iHeartRadio, uh, um, and Spotify. Well, we got notified uh, last week, I believe it was, that we had somehow violated Spotify's content policies, and they removed all of our episodes from Spotify. All that to say, and this is another reason why we are not on YouTube, and we originally started and we put ourselves out on YouTube, but we, again, violated YouTube's community policies or whatever. you tell the truth, you violate it. Exactly. You you tell the truth and you (laughs) violate it. That's exactly right. So anyway, all that to say, listen, if you're listening to this program and you're currently listening to it subscribed through a particular source, and whether it's, it's Apple or Google or whomever, and you go in there one day and you don't see us anymore, uh, just know that we did not remove ourselves. They yeah. probably removed us. And that's why we always say at the beginning of the program that you can get us through the Way Media app or the waymedia.net because those things are not going away unless the whole government comes down on us. Uh, and that might happen one day. But until then, that yeah. will be the place that you can 
count on getting our content. Yeah, and you can be sure that as we do, as we continue to speak the truth of God's Word and talk about what's happening in the last days, then, then one by one, we'll probably be dropped by more of these media outlets, which it doesn't bother me other than, you know, reaching more people, but God's, God handles that. Uh, but it, it gets down, it may get down to the point to where, you know, it's nothing really left on there. And if that's the case, you guys, I'll just give you my address. You come to my house, sit in the yard, I'll open my window, and I'm out the window. I'll just kind of give you signs of the times right there from the window, and we'll just do it right there personal at the house. Actually, I'll probably just come out in the yard with you, and we'll sit out there. I'll bring you in the house. Yeah. We'll come in the house. Yeah. And we'll do signs of the times there. Uh, too many jokes to do yeah. right now yeah. for that. Well, see, but, but you have you have all the buttons to make it sound like it was funny. I don't. Oh, see, I can't do things like laugh tracks and and all that stuff. You have, you have <laughs> see, see, look, the people loved it, Greg. They did. The people loved. No, stop, stop. Okay, all right, I got it. Thank you very much. I got they it. clearly like your jokes better than my intro. Yes, so. they did. Yeah, yes. nobody, you get any laughter at all. They, I intro. got no laughter That's right. whatsoever. That's right. Just a rim shot is all I got. So anyway. Let's get into our articles. Yes, articles or... Oh, did you want to start that first? Doesn't matter. You want to know what? Let's go ahead and do this one. Let's do and it. Then we'll... If it leads in, there's something to lead into this, possibly. Go ahead. Let's just do it. Because we can't break the music. We'll the music happens. We have to go with the music. We'll, we'll trust that the Lord orchestrated that <laughs> yes. faux pas. Orchestrated. I get it. Yes. Yes, you do. All right. Okay. Uh, so, Egyptian sheik, Israel war will usher in Gog and Magog between Russian and U.S. Uh, Jesus... Uh, no, it says Jesus will win the war yeah. uh, for Islam. So yeah. that is, doesn't make any any sense. Well, again, that it, don't make no sense. Once you read it, it does. This is amazing. There's something, Greg. There's something I learned here about Jewish eschatology I did not know, and if I ever heard it, I learned it now again for the first time, like for the first time, that just blew my mind. I already know they're they're ready for the Messiah, but I'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But it's just what this is the Egyptian sheik saying: the Israel war is going to usher in Gog and Magog. They believe. Look at this. The, the 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 Muslims believe there'll be a some type of Gog and Magog type war, as well as Israel believes there'll be a Gog and Magog type war, and of course Christians believe there'll be a Gog and Magog type war. But they all three believe something very very differently. We of course, knowing Jesus Christ, we have the correct interpretation, but they believe that Jesus is going to come back for Islam and win and conquer the Jews and conquer the Christians and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'll tell you what the Jews believe here in just a moment. It blows my mind. But get, notice this. The former Grand Mufti, Mufti Mufti of Egypt, Sheikh uh, Dr. Ali Goma'a, posted a video on his YouTube channel in November 11, 2023, in which he described what he believed would happen in the Middle East in the near future. The original video was translated by the Middle East Media Research Institute, and I quote, we do not know what will happen after the destruction of the Zionist entity. The Jews, uh, Israel, and the Zionist entity are not worth a mosquito's wing uh, in the eyes of Allah and the Muslim people, Sheikh Goma said. Let us imagine a political scenario in which Israel is destroyed. Well, then what will happen? So he goes on to speculate. He says America will immediately move in. The Sheikh continued, don't know that once we throw Israel into the sea, it will be the end of the, don't think once we throw Israel in the sea, it will be the end of the story. By the way, look, that's their intended statement, Greg, or their, their, their intended heart, to throw them into the sea. That's where that hole from the river to the sea comes from. And people that try to say, oh, that's just a thought. It's just kind of a symbolic. No, it's not symbolic. It means destroy the Jews is what that means. And if you chant that, you are anti-Semitic, you are chanting genocide, and you're wanting to knock out an entire people group. He goes on, he says, America... Um, will immediately move in if Israel gets gets kicked out. The Hadith, which is the the uh, Muslim writings, says that you will fight the Byzantines. The, those Americans are the Byzantines of our days. If Israel is finished and America moves in, what will happen? Again, so he's saying, look, we have to. Uh, the Russians will fight us. There's going to be a battle between us and Russia. He says, but look at this, Greg. The pre-Messiah war of Gog and Magog. Listen to the intro of that. I I, I knew that the Muslims were looking for an imam and, a, 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 and a, a, um, their, their own messiah, if you will. The two different groups have two different guys looking for, but still some world savior. I know that the Jews are looking for the messiah to come at some point. Of course, we know the Bible teaches that he'll come uh, for the rapture, take us out of here, and then come back in the second coming later. And that could be tied to the Ezekiel 38-39 war with Russia and Iran in some form or fashion. What I didn't realize is all three are, 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 are looking for the Gog and Magog war to have something to do with the Messiah. I didn't realize that. Till, I didn't realize that either. No, I didn't realize that till today, and I should have known this. Like, how in the world did I not know this? But listen, I, again, listen to what it says. The pre-Messiah war of Gog and Magog, that's because, see, with Gog and Magog, the Muslims and the Jews believe that's at the very end. 
So we haven't been looking for that eschatologically for them, they're, they're prophetic-wise, because we see it as seven years prior, or at least. But he says, the pre-Messiah war of Gog and Magog is well-known in Jewish eschatology, being described in the book of Ezekiel 38. The New Testament book of Revelation refers to it in 20, uh, uh, chapter 20, verse 8. Listen to what it says. It, first of all, it, refer, it, it refers to this battle, they're saying. But listen to the Jewish eschatology here. And th- you'll see why this blows me away. Jewish, and I looked it up. This is true. I looked in the Jewish Encyclopedia and some other Jewish sites. Jewish eschatology viewed Gog and Magog as enemies to be defeated by the Messiah, which would usher in the age of the Messiah. Now, listen to what's happening here. Now, let me, let me just, first of all, say this. The Jews are looking for their Messiah to rebuild their third temple. We've talked about that before. Okay. Right, right. So, that right there, they're sitting ducks. They're like, when he shows up, the Bible says the Antichrist will help them build their third temple. So they're they're ready for this deception from the Antichrist. And we've known that for a long time. They're just sitting ducks. When they see a guy that comes in and says, hey, I'm going to help you rebuild your third temple, this is the guy they're going to think that's their Messiah. What I didn't realize is that on top of it, they're looking for an invasion by Russia and forces with them to also usher in the Messiah. That means... When Russia and Iran and all these others come against Israel and then God does this amazing supernatural intervention and wipes them out, I believe that's why the Antichrist is going to be waiting at the direction of Satan to say, now's the time to strike. Why would that be the time to strike? Because they're looking for the Messiah to come out of the Gog-Magog war. So that's what a time for him to step on the scene and say, and take the world over. And the Jews go, you know what? We've been believing now that prophetically that the Messiah is going to show up after Gog and Magog invade us. Well, they just did. And then we saw God do this amazing miracle and wipe them out which only could have been god this must be our messiah and then on top of it he goes and i'm going to make this agreement we're all going to sign it and you can rebuild your third temple they are going to be just googly-eyed believing their messiah has finally arrived it's, it's unbelievable to see this and to realize how set up they are by the enemy again because they don't they're going to, they're going to think the antichrist is their messiah how how cognizant are they of that fact that in the writings it's saying that there, that the destruction of Gog and Magog will be at the hands of their Messiah. Well, they, I believe that the Orthodox Jews know it, but I think here's the difference, Greg. From what I can gather, they believe this is talking about pretty much the end of this era. In other words, what we would call the time of the second coming. So they believe there's going to be a great battle, Gog and Magog coming in, and when that great battle takes place, their Messiah takes over. Here's where the curveball comes in. That is true. At the end, there'll be another great battle. And, of course, Jesus will come back in the second coming after seven years of finishing his promises to Israel prophetically, Daniel chapter 9. So that's going to happen. But what they're going to see is this. Here's what they're looking for. They're looking for a Gog-Magog invasion, which they know is Russia and the Caucasus Mountains. They know that. They're looking for that invasion. And when that invasion happens, they're looking for God to intervene in that invasion to rescue them. And then the Messiah step on the scene and they know who the Messiah is. Is that that just mind-blowing or what? It is because it's so... And I can't say counterintuitive, but counter knowledge of of how we've looked at everything that the Bible has told us about this event in that all nations will turn against her and it, meaning Israel, and they will have no choice but to cry out to God. Yes. But yet their writings are saying no, we know we're going to cry out to God, and we want to cry out to no, God. No, no, no. Here's the difference. Okay. Here's the difference. All right. So that what you said first will still happen. Okay. Because here's what's going to happen: Gog and Magog, Antichrist. Right. They'll serve him, and they're going to start crying out to God, going, "Oh my goodness, this is not our Messiah. We messed up horribly. Save us, rescue us. Come, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." Right at the end of the seven years, and then he really oh. comes back for the second. So coming. this is really at the okay. No, okay. That, that, I'm so, thinking. No, they're the both, but I want you okay. to think both here. I okay. got to be clear on this because if okay. you're not getting it, I know there are people out there are. Okay, because you're, you're you're up on your prophecy. Yeah. So let me let me say this again. First of all, there will be the crying out for the Messiah, the breaking. Please come back. Bless is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That will happen as we as always said, as the Bible teaches, right at the second coming, right before that they're going to be saying, Lord. You got to save us, and he's going to reappear to them, and then the thousand-year reign will take place. Gotcha. He will come back. The Jews will believe. Those in Petra will be rescued. Those, et cetera. Okay, whatever. Okay. Here's the clincher. They're looking just for that, but they don't look at it the way we do. They don't look oh. at it as Jesus, the Messiah, coming. But they're looking for a day when the Messiah comes to rescue them. They're not thinking about whether or not they'll cry out to him. They don't. They're not expecting that. Their Bible didn't say they will. Jesus just tells us the the, the Bible tells us right. they will. They don't see that in their scripture. Okay, in the Old Testament. But here's the thing, Greg. 
before that, seven years before that, okay, they're looking for this event we know is the second coming, but they don't know they'll be crying out. They don't know that everybody's going to turn against them. They don't get all that, but they're still looking for Gog and Magog. But they have their eyes at the end. There's going to be this surprise. They're going to think this is the end. Seven years prior to the end, they're going to think, prophecy's done. Here's our Messiah, and they're going to believe in him, and they're going to and they're going to follow him because they believe he ushers in the age of the Messiah. But there's seven more years of the Antichrist to go, and then Jesus comes back, and they know Jesus is their Messiah. And that will be true with the exception of the hundred and forty-four thousand, yes, and the two witnesses. Yeah, they'll believe. They're and the they'll ones be... that are going to say, "Hey, don't buy into exactly. this." Exactly. Jesus That's is right. the true. Okay. That's right. And more of them will get saved yes. during that seven years. And then, Greg, there'll be a chunk that runs down to Petra. And then, remember, two thirds of the Jews will be wiped out. I know. When they go to Petra. Yeah. That's probably the third that gets to Petra. That's probably yeah. a third of them. And that may be the 144,000. It may be, you know, et cetera. We don't know. But that's going to get really ugly. But I guess the thing I'm talking here's what really blew me yes. away about this. Yes. Everything we've been saying up to this point is true. Nothing's changed as far as prophetically the way we viewed things. This is just a new piece added in. Which means what we're looking for the Gog and Magog war, and we're talking about that would be a, I've always said, who knows if the Antichrist will show up right then, but I bet he will. I've always said that'd be a great time for the Antichrist to show up, not knowing that the Jews have trained themselves prophetically, eschatologically, for that moment when Russia and those come in for the Messiah to show up. So, so it's not just me saying that'd be a good time. They're thinking that's when it's going to happen. So I think that it probably is going to happen right then. Satan knows that. He's going to stir the Antichrist at that moment. He knows what's going to happen. Bring the guy on the scene. They're all going to fall down. This is our savior of the world, whatever. This is our guy. He'll trick him for three and a half years. The last three and a half years, they realize it's not him. Half of them, fleet, a third of them or so, flee down to Petra. And then you have the whole great tribulation stuff that happens there at the very end. And then he comes back where they're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Save now, save now. Because we realize we were, we were duped seven years earlier. Right. But they're watching right now, Greg. When this happens, mm. they're watching for their Messiah when this war takes place. The Ezekiel 39, 30 and 39 war is a, is a, is a trigger for them to believe it's time. Look for the Messiah. Look for the Messiah. Like we're looking for the rapture. They're going to be looking for the earthly Messiah. Then we'll be gone. That guy will show up and this whole seven years kicks in. You can, you can now have a better or a deeper appreciation for just how the deception is going to be able to be carried out. Oh, yeah. Because they're already long ago have been set up yeah. in their own writings yeah. Yeah. for this deception. Yeah, it really is. I mean, they, they are, you know, once, once, wow. they, once they turned away from the true Messiah and Jesus Christ, then they, had, they headed down a path in the wrong direction. And they have the scriptures, which keeps them within the, 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 um, you know, the bounce walls, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, they, they, they don't know where they're going. They don't right. understand it, but we do. Yeah. It's like your kids on the ride. They're, you know, they've got the little border walls that keep the little car going yeah. the right way, but they don't know what's going to happen. And we see the whole thing. We're up on top watching it from the parents' tower going, oh, yeah, and this can happen yeah. then, that's going to happen then, that's going to happen then. And they don't think, I'm going to, you know, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> amazing. It's, anyway, I, I find that extremely interesting yes. as far as just, um, um, you know, the view, their view eschatologically. Yes. And again, remember, that's only the Orthodox. I know that the, the secular Jew doesn't do that. But however, they're getting more and more toward God right now with this war that's going on. And, and certainly they've heard of this. Yeah, but here's the interesting thing, though, Pastor Mark, is that yeah, the Orthodox Jew, who is not Messianic, is believing this. But yet the secular Jew, as the heat turns up, will be turning to the Orthodox Jew for some sort of guidance. Yeah. And they're going to be guiding them with this information yeah. that's going to just deepen the deception, yeah. deepen the 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 wrong information. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you know, we ought to go and just finish this half out with our articles, because it seems like there's not much to go. Then jump into my new, the segment I want to cover the second half, if you want. You want th- we can do yeah, it that way. Yeah, let's keep rocking and rolling here. Abs- we got, we've already got it started here, so let's keep Ab- rocking and rolling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right, let's go to America here. This is from Breitbart.com. Uh, the source here, according to this article, is Biden pressures on Israeli tactics uh, will leave Hamas intact and in power. Is that true? Yeah, there's Breitbart has a source. They're saying that he's putting pressure. Yes, Greg, it is. Here's why I say I know it's true. Even before okay. I jump in the article, yeah. I'm watching it happen. Okay. They are. Look, this is coming across multiple uh, media uh, outlets. This is not just Breitbart. Uh, it says a source. And I told you, I told you it was coming. I said at first, yeah. here's the, it happens every time. 
People have, they realize Israel's been so wronged, nobody can complain about them doing something for the first few days. Then they start grabbing and complaining that it's not proportional. Then everybody's saying, you got to stop. And they never let them finish taking the, the evil people out of the way. And I'm not saying that, that the Palestinians are evil people or that everybody in Gaza is evil. I'm talking about Hamas. I'm talking about terrorists. They don't let them get the terrorists out of the way. A source within the Israeli government told Breitbart News on Tuesday that U.S. President Joe Biden's pressure would lead to Hamas surviving the war intact. See, this can't happen. Rather than allowing Israel to destroy Hamas or remove its military and governing capabilities. So let them finish the job, in other words. Uh, Biden is trying to stop that. However, the White House is no longer clearly stating that it shares the goal of, of, of wiping out Hamas. The Israeli government privately believes, and I join them, that Biden is prepared to tolerate the survival of Hamas, despite the fact that Hamas and other terror groups would see that as a victory. Yes, you know why? Because Hamas doesn't live next door to the White House. That's why. That's why you can tolerate it. If, you, if they live right next door to you, you wouldn't tolerate it. These killers have to be taken out and dealt with so they don't kill more children, rape more women, burn our babies. I mean, this is nonsense. The New York Times, just, but, but it's so predictable. It, it just drives me crazy. The New York Times described these uh, Tuesday. It said this, uh, the United States has warned Israel that it must fight more surgically and avoid further mass displacement of Palestinians in its war against Hamas to avoid a humanitarian crisis that overwhelms the world's ability to respond, according to a senior Biden administration official. How can you be more surgical than they've been? They fly over, they drop leaflets, they pick specific buildings, they have smart bombs that are guided by GPS. They only take out exactly what they want. I mean, I mean, it's, it's to say get more surgical, you'd have to be walking on the ground and walk up in person and do these. I don't think you could even get more surgical that way. It's ridiculous. It goes on and says, the article, American, from what the, uh, this is the statement from the U.S. government. American officials have told the Israelis that any coming military operations should not hamper the flow of power and water or impede the work of humanitarian sites, such as hospitals or U.N. supported shelters in South and Central Gaza. Now, why did you tell them that? Of course they won't. They know that. See, this is, this is all politics, Greg. And this is to placate those that are shouting loud for Palestinian and all these different causes. Israel has never, ever, ever, ever targeted hospitals. Now, have they accidentally hit one? I probably. My guess is probably. I, I don't know. I don't think they've hit any in this war. But if you want to go back in all their wars, how do you drop that many missiles and bombs in a war and not hit pretty much everything, right? But do they intentionally? No, they do not. They specifically mark out the ones that are hospitals, that are, um, you know, uh, any place that, you know, is humanitarian, and they don't strike them. That's why Hamas builds all their tunnels underneath these humanitarian places and hospitals because they know Israel won't strike them. That's why they do it. That's their safest place. And so, uh, you know, this, this kind of stuff drives me crazy. It's that same pattern. We support you. Uh, now we're not quite supporting you as much. And now we don't support you. And now stop. And so this time, I'm, I think, I really believe this time, Greg, nothing's going to stop them. I think Israel, is, they've been so psychologically damaged so horrifically, over 1,300 now, the number, they, it was 1,200, then went to 14. They said it was overcalculated, so they backed it off. Now they've redone it. It's somewhere in the 1,300s of people that they killed that day. But, Greg, the brutal rapes, the, 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 mur- the burning of children alive, um, the, the, just the massacre, the stuff they did. Now a couple of the hostage boys that got out, a couple of teenagers, they branded them with motorcycle pipes. They, they put their leg against the, the pipe, they told them, so they could see a big scar. So if they ran, they could see that they were escapees and bring them back. So these guys are, they're, they're monsters. And I'm not saying everybody in there's a monster. I'm saying Hamas. These guys are monsters. And, um, they need to be dealt with. And so you see this whole pattern where, again, if you wait too long, everybody backs off and says, don't worry about it. I really believe Israel's going to say, no, we're not backing off this time. This is too much. Uh, we're going to keep going till this is done. And, and two things will happen. I think they'll get rid of Hamas there in Gaza. And what happens with Gaza after that, I don't know. But secondly, the world's going to hate them that much more. And they're going to have a much more fragile relationship with the United States, which is one of their last true friends, because we, they didn't listen to us. And there's going to be this tension. Yeah. You know, the Bible says in the last days, everybody will turn against the Jews. I believe this may be the beginning of some of that turning where they turn away from the Jews. And I know there'll be this temporary peace treaty with the Antichrist and everybody will you know, sing We Are the World and try to get along for a while. But that's going to fade quickly after three and a half years. This may be the beginning of the animosity toward the Jews. Like, how dare you continue to wipe out and get rid of all of Hamas? And, of course, they're not going to present that as getting rid of all of Hamas. They'll present that as getting rid of you're, you're killing citizens or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, and that's, you know, which is nonsense. They don't intentionally ever kill a citizen. 
Um, but this may be that turning point of everybody turning against Israel because they are so damaged now, Greg. I don't think they're going to stop, and I think they're going to get more and more pressure to stop. So this is going to get more and more interesting. By the way, the war started again today. We'll talk about that in a moment. Yes, we will. All right, in one world government news, the useless na- I mean, the United Nations yeah, uh, to order an end to meat eating because climate change, yeah. of course. I'm sure the good old boys around here, listen, that's like meat eating. Let's, there's no way they're going to heat that. You kidding me? You can't go deer hunting. You can't do whatever. You know, it's like um, oh. a, a U.N. agency will, will deliver an edict Thursday telling prosperous Western countries to save the planet. By stop eating meat. Although God said, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Although God said you can eat everything, the U.N. knows better than God. And so the U.N. is saying, look, God was wrong, so stop eating meat. This is nonsense. Uh, he says you need to embrace vegan alternatives. You know, no. The U.N.'s Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, has foreshadowed publication of a roadmap with global food recommendations to be delivered during its two-week-long COP28 Climate Summit in Dubai. FOA's first-of-its-kind document will tell wealthy nations that over-consuming meat, um, that over, over-consume meat to, don't over-consume meat, in other words, to limit their intake as part of a broader global effort to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by embracing alternative sources of protein. This just drives me crazy. Look, <laughs> God said you can eat all the steak you want. God said you can eat all the lamb chops. God said you can do it. Don't listen to these people. God, If God intended us to eat bugs, he would have told us to. Listen to what they said. Plant-based diets are being used, urged as a part of a global push to ditch meat across a multitude of government and non-government authorities. And under the heading, Eat Bugs... It says new EU food policy promotes less meat, more alternative proteins, i.e. bugs, according to Breitbart out of London. Again, the U.N. needs to lead the way on that. Yeah, and let's, let's, you set the example. Yeah, around that big table in there, another break yes, room. Let's see all yes. the bugs and grasshoppers and all yes. the stuff you guys want to eat back there. You know, you know, sadly, maybe a lot of them have that a part of their diet. I realize there are some insects that you can't eat and people do. I but know. look, Greg, this is just, it blows my mind um, because... Everything, it shouldn't blow my mind. You know what? Everything God says, Satan says the opposite. Everything. And what really got my attention on this is um, in 1 Timothy 4.3, it says in the last days that they'll be forbidding to eat meat. That's exactly what these guys are doing. Just like it says in 1 Timothy, they're now forbidding to eat food is what the word is. The word there is applied to meat as well. So um, meat is included in that definition. And basically what God said in the last days, you're going to see them forbidding to marry and forbidding to eat meat. Well, now we see they're forbidding to eat meat. Okay, I'm not sure how they're going to introduce the forbidding to marry, but you watch. I think I always thought about just as the priest and all that, but this is the world. I think it's going to come into all the transgender and all the fluid and all the different pronouns and all that, saying, look, don't get married because marriage, it, it makes us unequal and we'll all be equal if we don't get married. I don't know. Well, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's a possible way. Yeah. <clears throat> the other way I was thinking of that popped in my head was, well, look at... The legal expense that everyone incurs through going do, through divorces yeah. and all of this stuff, and, and we're just so overburdened. So if we just do away with marriage, then we don't have divorce. So now we don't have those expenses. Yeah. No, I, I think mean, that, that'll that could be, be... It could be a conglomeration I, I, of all of those I think things. it will be, Greg, and that could certainly be a part of the motivator for the people that are getting divorced. Yeah. But here's the bottom line. The government, if you're married, you get tax breaks. Right. No more tax no, no breaks. No more tax breaks. Remove marriage? Yeah. We save money. Now there's less incentive, So, so right? it works both ways. Yes. The government saves money. That's a good point. You save money. Yeah. And so I do believe, I think it's going to be a thing that's going to come down to money as well as I think it's also going to come down to equality because right now marriage still is, is in general a man with a woman. And so for a lot of people see that as unfair and unequal or whatever. So I think there's going to be a mixture of all these, whether it be the, just the, the culture of the day as well as the finances and all that. I think we're going to see all that take place. So you, here's what I'm saying to our listeners. All right, they've already started the thing, don't eat meat, First Timothy 4.3, okay? Right. Be watching now. Just be listening and watching, you Signs of the Times listeners, because it's coming uh, to a planet near you. <laughs> They're going to start pushing at levels like the UN or higher levels or whatever of nobody should be getting married. It's going to happen. You watch. Yeah. All right, growing anti-Semitism news. This All is right. from Fox News. Uh, extreme anti-Israel movement uh, rolling through U.S. cities. Campuses are now part of a much larger problem. You know, this is 
perfect timing. This is so God. This is the article I wanted really to have right before I jumped into my thing about what happened here at the city county building. So oh, this is, you know, okay. I didn't mention that because we had everything set but to go. But you want to know what? We can do that right after this. I think we'll we should. This works. That's fine. I was going to say, let's do this article because listen, let me read the well, article. I've got, it will two, make sense. I've got two more in this category. Okay, we'll finish them. We'll finish them. Then okay. we do it. As okay. as, yeah, let's just do it. But look what you're right. Extreme anti-Israel movement. Guys, listen, there is a major anti-Semitic move going across not just our nation, worldwide. And remember, we talked about true signs of the times in the last days are not your local government. They can, I mean, they can be to some degree, they're, but they're typically not your local government, your local state, even your local nation uh, um, at, at all times. All that can be included. Typically, it's worldwide. And what we're seeing right now is a worldwide increase of hatred against the Jews. It is demonic. It is spiritual. It makes zero sense. And again, um, we're going to see more of this. As the Bible said in the last days, in Matthew 24, as well as Zechariah 12, as, as we said earlier, the entire world's going to turn against the Jew before this is all said and done. And then Jesus is going to come back and rescue them. But let me read some of this. The anti-Israel movement ro- uh, roiling major American cities and college campuses uh, following the outbreak of Israel's war with Hamas bears a striking resemblance to the movements favored by social justice act social justice act activists like Black Lives Matter, etc. Uh, experts suggest. So the saying is kind of a cultural um, political thing. Uh, but it's more than that. I don't think it's just cultural and political. This is I would disagree with him. This is spiritual. Since the October 7th attacks on Israel by Hamas terrorists, an outpouring of protests across the world have not condemned the terror group, but rather the Jewish state, which continues to reflect on the loss of more than 1,200, now it's over 1,300 Israelis, who died in the massacre last month. The most extreme displays from Hamas sympathizing supporters seems to be the coming from the coming from American college campuses. No kidding. Everybody's seeing that on the news. Particularly concerning demonstrations, um, rather particularly concerning demonstrations were witnessed at once prestigious institutions such as Harvard and New York University, among others. And I quote, we need to call these protesters what they are. They are not pro-Palestinian. They are no Palestinian democracy movement. There's no Palestinian peace movement. They are pro-Hamas. And that's exactly right. The left-wing academics have been cheering on violent decolonization against Jews have have been pushing the same hideous rhetoric against whiteness for years. Uh, same ideology, same hatred, same bloodlust, Rufo said. Uh, the fighter is seen uh, as a physical embodiment of the jargon. Here's what they say, or the fight. They say this, decolonization are words they use, resistance are words they use, power are words they use. And he says it's time to conduct the uh, connect the dots and fight it all together. And I will say this, it's interesting, Greg. You see these young kids who really don't know what they're doing, and they say they're they're standing up for this resistance against Israel. Look, a resistance movement, resistance is not raping women so brutally. First of all, resistance is not raping women. And resistance is not raping women so brutally you break their bones and then killing them after the rape or during it. Resistance is not, uh, you know, burning children alive, tying their hands behind their back and burning them. That's not resistance. This is terrorism. It's evil. Resistance is not shooting people in their homes, babies in their cribs, taking over 200 people hostage. That, that's terrorism. So don't buy into this resistance thing. There's nothing to do with resistance. It is terrorism. It is evil. And that's exactly what's happening. But we're seeing it happen not just on the campuses. Again, Greg, this is worldwide. We're seeing now in other countries, swastikas and and stars of David showing up on buildings and stuff. Blows my mind. But it's the same spirit from World War II. And, And listen, we have to look at these things while we're dealing with these things on a human level. And processing these things, and grieving these things, and having righteous anger right, right. over these Absolutely. things. At the same time as a Christian who believes the Bible in its totality, and that includes prophecy, right? there is a silver lining in all of this in that it just confirms, again, it should build your faith that the Bible said, even though what it's saying, it says it's bad things are going to happen, and we see bad things happen, it should build your faith that the Bible is true, we can count on it. When we're talking about minutia things like this, it's telling us, we are in those times That's that right. the Bible says. That's when right. these things are happening, you're in the latter days. Guess what? We are living out Bible prophecy that was written way before we were even thought of. And Greg, what a great point, because even in World War II, the entire world was not against the Jews. Mm-mm. Today, today, the entire world.
Yeah. Really, around the yeah, that's globe. True. That's good around point. the globe. Yeah. So you're seeing a greater contraction. You're seeing a greater end times sign. Yeah. You go to World War II and say, look, where they're hating the Jews then. Yeah, but they weren't hating the Jews here in America. They weren't hating the Jews in Britain. They weren't hating the Jews and all these other nations that bound together. And other, but look at it now. You've got all over the world, Greg, and we'll get to an article about yeah. Britain. It's getting worse and worse. The, the persecution, anti Semitism. This is now not just in the nations that have traditionally hated the Jews, it is now in the nations that have traditionally loved the Jews, and the whole world is, is playing a part for the most part. Yeah. Well, before we get to that, we're going to get to this article from ChristianPost.com. High school students mob a teacher yeah. who attended a pro Israel rally. Yeah, unbelievable. And especially the timing of this when you see what this says. Listen to what it says. This, again, we talked about this is, it's not just against Jews, it's like they're going, they're in the streets, in the schools, in your face. Hundreds of students rampage through the halls of New York High School for around two hours. After learning a Jewish teacher attended a pro-Israel rally, vandalizing school property and forcing the faculty members to take refuge in a locked office. The planned uh, protest occurred last week at Hillcrest High School after a photo surfaced on Facebook of the unnamed teacher attending the rally on October 9th. And holding a sign that said, I stand with Israel, the pro-Israel rally took took place two days after Hamas terrorist groups surprised uh, attack in southern Israel that resulted in the deaths of, of over 1,300 people, uh, civilians, all civilians, mostly civilians, except the guards in the stations, and the abduction of around 240 others. Greg, this was even like, we're talking, the picture was from right after it happened, and already they're saying, how dare you stand against Hamas? How dare you stand with the Jews? Unbelievable. As the New York Post, I know they're kids and they're foolish, but still, as the New York Post reported Saturday, the students behind the riot planned it in a group chat, flooding the hallways and waving Palestinian flags. According to several students who witnessed the event, many of the protesters were chanting free Palestine, which means basically kill the Jews. Others called for the teacher's dismissal. Now, here's the bottom line. Look, the problem is, Greg, they face no consequences. If you can go and plan something like that and realize and they're not going to do anything to us because they realize if, if it's an issue that's a hot button issue, they're all going to wimp out and not do anything. They're going to do this, and this kind of stuff is going to continue to happen. The institutions, the schools, the teachers, uh, the, the police, we've got to start standing up to this nonsense and stopping it, or it's only going to keep going and getting worse. This is not acceptable in our society. We're not to hate any people group, especially with racial things. I mean, that's been such a big deal in our, Amer- in, in our American history. Why would we now introduce, like, you already have the history of the black-white tensions. Why would you now add the Jewish tensions and, and, and just say, look, we sh-, and, and again, I just the thing just um, it boggles my mind to sit back and watch people just let this happen. Stand up and do something. And if we don't factor in the spiritual battle into all of this yeah exactly what you just described pastor mark is truly maddening yeah without the explanation of the spiritual battle because it is it defies logic and common sense that god has given us and it just shows you wow how real is this spiritual battle how fierce how strong is it that you can have people that, in one hand, can decry the hatred of name whatever people groups you want, except for the Jews. Yeah, and it's not that, and and some of them are like pro against Israel. Some of them are just blind to it. Um, you know, but it reminds me of when James talks about, you know. How can the blessings of God and the cursings of man come out of the same mouth, essentially, yeah. is what James is, you know, says. Yeah. It's like, how, how, how does that, that shouldn't be. Yeah. This shouldn't be. No. You have two groups, really, Greg. You have one group that knows exactly what they're doing, and yes. they have evil intentions. Yes. And then you have others that are just so ignorant to what's really going on in the Middle East. And, and I don't mean that word ignorant in an insulting way. I mean, they really yeah. have no idea what they're talking about none it is it is the most ridiculous thing when you hear them and and, and ask them i mean they don't they don't they don't even know some of them they were interviewing that are out and marching at the campuses there were two of them this guy interviewed and they were like well we didn't hear that 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 hamas came into israel and did anything where'd that come from i'm not joking they think that israel just all of a sudden indiscriminately decided we're going to go and start bombing things and whatever and and then they feed it in the in the media it's like this is like so satanic and demonic it is maddening, but I'm glad yeah. to know that the Lord's in control. Yeah. All right. Our last article in uh, this category is from jpost.com. It says nearly half 
of British Jews, and I don't know, maybe the article tells us what that population count is, but nearly half of British Jews are considering leaving uh, Britain amid anti-Semitism surge. Yeah, this is really huge to me in a number of ways, prophetically, guys. And here's why. Because, again, the Bible says in the last days, God will gather them back into the land. And and what happens is, you know, in 1948, they start going back in larger numbers. Over the years, they've been migrating the Aliyah, the, the Aliyah, how they say it, coming back in larger and larger numbers, coming back to Israel. And um, and there's a group, though, that just says, you know what, we're going to stay put. We have a good job. We have a business. We have family. We have home. We don't want to move. You know that God's going to turn the heat up and say, no, you've got to move. So when you see this worldwide anti-Semitism, Greg, I believe that God's hand is is not doing it. God's not causing anti-Semitism at all. God never can cause any sin. But God is allowing it to a degree, I believe, and God is using it to stir and drive people back to the land of Israel. As God said in the last days, I will gather you back. I'll bring you back to the land. I think the process has begun for those who have been a little bit more reluctant to come back to the land. We saw that the first time when they were brought back after Babylon, uh, a group went back initially, and then it was hard to get the others because they had good businesses in Babylon. They had families in Babylon. They had a good life in Babylon. You everything you want. And they didn't come back, right? Well, now we have the same thing. They have good businesses, families, homes, history from you know all over the world. And God, no, no, not good enough, God's going to say. I'm going to gather you back to the land of Israel. And I think God is using this, Greg, although it's evil. God's not evil, but this is evil. God is using it to drive them back to the land. I've been watching for this. I've been watching it happen. And listen to what this article says. You already read the headlines, which kind of sums it up there. But listen to what it says. In a telling response to the current climate, 90% of the surveyed Jews there in Britain uh, would avoid city centers during major anti-Israel demonstrations, illustrating the extent to which public spaces had become intimidating for their community. The survey... Mirroring the approach of the National Jewish Community Survey was conducted between November 12th and 17th this year and collected responses from 3,744 British Jews. So this is a good swath to get a good reading. Um, Gideon Falter, chief executive of campaign against the campaign against anti-Semitism, called for urgent action, emphasizing the need for law enforcement to address the community's concerns and restore a sense of security. That's what it says. The survey sheds light on the frequency of anti-Semitic encounters with more than 60% of the participants either experiencing, witnessing, or knowing someone who has faced anti-Semitism since early October. The statistic underscores the pervasive nature of anti-Semitic incidents in the daily lives of the British Jews. There's also a notable lack of confidence in the police response to these incidents. Only 16% believe that anti-Semitic hate crimes are treated with the same seriousness as other forms of hate crimes in their nation, in their city. Now, here's the bottom line. You're watching it go skyrocket. The, the the attacks against them, their their fear that's in them. And Greg, now they're going, you know what? We need a place we can be safe. We may need to move. And here's what got me when I read that they may need to move. Hold on. Where? Where are you going to move? We'll go to America where it's safe. Yeah, right. Look at the streets of New York City. Look at the streets of, you know, all around us. You're seeing an uprising against Israel, even in friendly, and I put that in air quotes, America. Look at what's happening. Not that God's doing this, but by allowing this to put pressure on the Jewish community, I believe they're not going to have anywhere to run that anyone will have their best interests except one nation on the planet. And that nation is the nation of Israel. And I think over the next few years, you're going to see an explosion of population increase of Jews moving back to the nation of Israel. And I believe it's, it's, it's begun in earnest. You know, when you see this global uprising, almost in concert, uh, well, really in concert, uh, hatred for the Jews through this, yeah. it really underscores or gives you a impactful illustration of First John 5, 19. Yeah. Those that are not in Christ Jesus are under the sway of the enemy. The enemy, Satan, has been able to, in global concert, cause, cause people around the world to gather in mass. Yeah. Declaring hatred for a people group who was just sitting there minding their own business yeah. and was horrifically yeah. to the level of an Assyrian yeah. level yeah. of br- brutal attack, yeah. horror. Yeah. And and yet, instead of defending against that evil atrocity, yeah. they champion it and 
Woe to those that call evil good in good evil. Yeah. And so you're, you're seeing so many scripture verses at the same time. Yeah. Just play out on the world stage for us. Yeah. But yet man wrote the Bible. Yeah. And I'm going to say this is a time where we as believers need to stand up, Greg, and not, and not be afraid. Look, if you want to look back at World War II and you wonder, mm. anybody listening to me right now, you say, I wonder where, what I would have done. Back in World War II, I wonder, I wonder, would I have defended the Jews? Would I have hidden the Jews? What would I have done if I was alive in World War II? Let me ask you this. What are you doing right now? Now, are you, are you standing with them? Are you vocalizing? Are you defending the Jewish uh, community and standing for them? Uh, you know, again, if you're standing against them, and, and I doubt anyone listening to this program is, but if you are, then you know where you would have stood in World War II. You're standing on the wrong side. And I hear people say this. Well, you know, you want to make sure you stand on the right side of history. And I get that argument. Exactly. But, you know, this is more than that. I want our listeners to stand on the right side of eternity. Because this is not just a historical moment. This may be our last historical moment before the rapture, and this whole final seven years kicks in here at any time. We need to stand on the right side of eternity. And you know what? If we stand for the Jewish people and we, and we make our voice known, are we going to be persecuted? Yeah, we'll get persecuted right along with them. But here's the bottom line. We have great reward in the kingdom of God because God asked us to do it. God said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And God's commandment is, he said, I'll bless those who bless you, Israel. I'll curse those who curse you, Israel. Stand with this people, he said. And, and I want to clarify something else, too. He said, what makes the Jews so special as a people group? Look. It's not that they're necessarily more special than anybody else on the planet. They just had a special call from God to bring the message of the Messiah to the planet and to bring the Messiah to mankind. They were the ones that were sanctioned. You'll be the people group that will bring in the Messiah. You're going to preserve my word, and you get that honor. But God loves the world. He died for the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Jews were just the avenue. So the focus shouldn't be on, well, we just need to, we, you guys are just protecting the Jews. No. We're standing with them because God said to, because God used them and chose them to bring the good news of the Messiah into the world, and because God said in the last days he's going to pour his spirit out on them and, and, and save you know, a big portion of them, and he made promises to Abraham. God keeps his promises, and so uh, that's why we do it. We don't do it because Israel does everything correct. You know, we're going to stand with Israel because they never make a mistake. They never mess up in war. They never mess up in government. They are perfect. No, they're not they, they don't even acknowledge their Messiah today. They're, they're really in, 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 not with God, if you will, today as a nation. But God said, regardless of that, here's what I want you to do. God says, for my sake, for my name's sake, I want you to stand with him because I made a promise to Abraham. I made an unconditional covenant to the land in Genesis 15 for Abraham. And I made unconditional covenants with, uh, uh, through Jeremiah in Jeremiah. Uh, about, you know, as long as the sun and moon are still shining, I'm not done with the nation of Israel, so you stand with them at the end. And even, Greg, when you read Matthew 25, and the Lord comes back in the second coming, divides the sheep and the goats, Jesus says this, and the language there from a Jewish perspective is 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 very, very, you can make a strong scholastic argument that he's speaking about Jews, because he said this, he said, because you didn't do it to the least of my, my brethren, speaking from the Jewish, the, the language is in a Jewish vernacular, it's spoken in a Jewish way, because you didn't do it with my brethren, you didn't do it. You didn't do it unto me, or because you did do it to my brethren, the other group. You did do it unto me. There's going to be an accounting, I believe, at the second coming, at the sheep and the goats judgment of those who stood with the, the Jews in Israel and those who stood who stood against them. There's going to be an account to the Lord for that. We need to be standing in the right place. We want to receive not only the reward we're going to get for that. We want to honor our God and we want to stand in the right place with our future family and brothers and sisters. And um, and now's the time to do it. Remember, it was, I don't think it was Bonhoeffer. It was, it was either him or somebody during his day that said, you know, first they came for the Jews. I don't think he, he didn't make this quote. He was quoting it. Somebody said, first they came for the Jews, and that didn't bother me, so I let it go. Then they came for this. Then they came for that. And he said, finally, and they didn't say anything. Then finally they came for me. And there was nobody there to protect me. Mm. Why? Because they'd taken everybody else. So if they're coming after the Jews, the Christians are next, guys. Those of you that are listening to me, the Christians are next. And the world's going to start hating us. And then after that, they're going to start hating you, even, even if you're not a Jew or a Christian. So it's time to stand up for what's right regardless, unless we see uh, World War II repeat all over again. We want to be those who, have, who stand on the right side of history and the right side of eternity. Okay. Yes. Well, let's get our last article. Yes, that's right. Before we um, get into what you want to talk about, yes. that way, that way, the deck is cleared for yes. you. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, this is from uh, from the Times of Israel. A Jewish group is asking, or Jewish groups are asking, Pope Francis to clarify his Israel quote unquote terrorism yeah, comments. Yeah. Yeah. He made it sound like the Jews were terrorists. Listen to what he said. Jewish groups have criticized Pope Francis for appearing to accuse both Israel and Hamas of terrorism, and they're both of them. In their ongoing war that started October 7th. Yeah, the Hamas did, but not Israel. 
sparked by the terror group's murderous attack on Israel communities in the South. Uh, this is what wars do, the Pope said, at his general audience in St. Petersburg Square on Wednesday. But here we've gone beyond wars. This is not war, this is terrorism. So he's saying the Jews are committing terror. No, you're not. No, they're not. It's self-defense. Francis' comments followed separate meetings with Jewish relatives of hostages held by Hamas and Palestinians with family in Gaza on Wednesday. His remarks came with a month after he called uh, on Hamas to free the hostages being held in Gaza and weeks after calling for a ceasefire uh, for more Palestinian aid. And again, we know what a ceasefire does. The Israel ceases and, that, and the Hamas yells fire. <laughs> Naomi De- I'm not laugh, but it's sadly it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Naomi Desinga, the president of the, of the Union of Jewish Communities of Italy, issued a statement Wednesday saying that she would have preferred Francis have issued a clear condemnation of October 7th. And, she, and I quote, Certainly we cannot equate the responsibilities of those who have a design of extermination and terror, Hamas, versus those who are defending themselves, Israel, um, as defending an entire, an entire country and community um, that includes both Muslims and Palestinians. What he's saying is, look, yeah, there's terrorists there, but when you go in and you indiscriminately attack, you're killing good and bad in Gaza. They're not indiscriminately attacking. They are very, very surgically precise in their attacks, seeking out only Hamas. They are not trying to kill citizens. And for those who would try to accuse the Jews of genocide, if the Jews wanted to commit genocide, this war would have been over October 8th. Because they have the power to do it. All they would have had to do the next day is go, kaboom, you're done, war's over, goodbye, we're going to redo Gaza now. If that was, if genocide was the goal. So these are absurd accusations. And again, they do get me fired up. Well, let's keep you in the fire, Pastor Mark, <laughs> uh, because we're going to bring this whole theme, really, of what we've been talking about for the whole show. We're going to bring it yes. home to roost yes. here in Knoxville and uh, uh, basically talk about a uh, city councilman or councilwoman, whatever, uh, here in Knoxville that had proposed a resolution uh, against, essentially against Israel, and it would be like this honorary you know, resolution like it would have gesture. a symbolic yeah, gesture. Yeah. It would have no impact on it. Uh, but let's talk about you attending this event, what the yes. event was like, and give you an opportunity to say what you wanted to say that you didn't get to say yes. at the meeting. Yeah, I wrote out a statement and I put my name in the hat to be able to speak. But again, I, I understand it. They have limited time. They let three speak from each side. They don't know me. The Jewish community doesn't know me, and nobody really knows me. So I'm, I've always said I'm a yeah you know, I'm a part of the who's he. Um, but either way, I had something prepared in case God opened the door, and um, and that and he didn't, and that's fine. But I wanted to be able to share that with our listeners today because uh, I really tried to just say, you know, what is this about? That basically it was a resolution condemning Israel. I mean, and just saying that they're they're um, occupiers in the land, uh, that they are, you know, uh, doing genocide and all these horrible things they accused Israel, of, which are just not true. Again, I, I you know I've been to Israel fifteen times. I've been studying Middle East for thirty five years. The things they said it just showed to me a level, Greg, of 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 lack of knowledge. There's a level of ignorance there that blew my mind. But if had I gotten to share, this is what I wanted to say, and then I'll make some comments at the end. I was just going to say, first of all, thank you for allowing me to share, which they didn't, uh, concerning this proposed resolution for our city and why I believe it is not only misleading, but a huge mistake for reasons I will lay out quickly point by point due to time. They only gave you five minutes at a time, and this won't even take five minutes, I don't think. That's perfect, because that's about all you got. First of all, uh, <laughs> the first fact of this resolution is being forwarded and endorsed by people in Washington. Again, this is the squad was endorsing this, and they've shown that they are openly opposed to Israel. That should be a concern. But to call for a ceasefire in this situation is to say that one people group can indiscriminately attack another people group's innocent civilians without consequence. Let's remember the details. On October 7th, a mini Holocaust took place mm-hmm. where Hamas terrorists representing the government of Gaza breached Israel's border and brutally murdered over 1,300 Israeli civilians made up of men, women, and children in some of the most horrible ways imaginable and then took over 200 hostages back to Gaza. Some men and women and children were shot outright. Others were raped and raped so brutally their bones were broken during these rapes, and then they were murdered. Children and families were then burned alive after having accelerants poured on them. One baby was placed alive in an oven and cooked while his mother was raped in the next room. This was more than a declaration of war by Hamas. It was a day of evil that will never be forgotten in Israel's history. Hence, Israel declared war in return, and rightly so. To call for a de-escalation or ceasefire would be saying Israel has no right to defend itself or its innocent citizens for crimes that even World War II never witnessed. 
Secondly, to declare the Palestine is occupied because the nation of Israel is there is to deny the Israeli people a homeland that they have lived in for thousands of years. Prior to 1947, everyone that lived there was called a Palestinian, even the Jews. It was only after the United Nations gave Israel the legal right to once again declare themselves a nation that they did so in 1948. They didn't kick anyone out or go to war. They simply declared themselves once again a nation in their land after 2,000 years, calling it after its ancient name once again, which is Israel. They never took any land from anyone, but simply defended themselves from multiple attacks and multiple nations, and after the dust settled, we now have the boundaries that we have. Thirdly, to suggest that Israel is now somehow committing genocide or ethnic cleansing is absurd. If Israel wanted to commit genocide or ethnic cleansing, this war would have been over on October 8th, because Israel has the power to do it. Instead, the opposite is what is taking place as Hamas has openly stated their desire to kill and destroy all the Jews and commit genocide against them, which is backed up by their chant, from the river to the sea, which to them means all Jews must be destroyed and removed from the Jordan to the river, from the Jordan River rather to the Mediterranean. That is no more Jews in the land of Israel at all. Fourthly, there are parts of the resolution I think we all could agree with, such as the release of the hostages and not targeting or singling out any local Arabs or Palestinians just because of who they are. But there are so many other areas that are so misrepresented, it is just impossible to support. Those that I've mentioned, plus things such as accusing Israel of apartheid. Having been to Israel some 15 times now, I can attest to the fact that the Arab-Israeli population is very involved in the political and social life of Israel, and hence the accusation is simply not true. Next, when it comes to civilians being injured or killed on either side, I think that we would all agree this is horrible, and we wish that no civilian would ever be hurt in war or otherwise. However, sadly, that is just not reality when it comes to war. In all wars historically, civilians have been hurt and killed. It is a horrible and unavoidable reality of war. It happened in World War I. It happened in World War II. America has done it and other nations. And it will happen in each war that takes place from this point on. However, if there was any nation who ever tried to avoid civilian casualties, it is the nation of Israel. How many nations do you know of now or in the world, world history that dropped leaflets before bombing raids in order to warn the civilian population to move out of the way. That's what Israel has been doing from the beginning and continues to do. However, this is not the case with Hamas. We know they intentionally hide behind civilians and put their own people in harm's way in order to try to keep their forces from being attacked, such as putting their missile launchers or troops in schools and hospitals, which Israel would never do. And when a civilian dies that Hamas intentionally put in harm's way, they use it as propaganda in the world's eyes to make it look like Israel is targeting civilians. The truth of the matter is, Israel is not targeting civilians, but Hamas is. Not only the civilians they targeted on October 7th, but the civilians they continue to hide behind and use as human shields even now. Let me finish by saying I agree that we should pass a resolution here tonight, but not a resolution for a ceasefire and condemnation of Israel but rather a resolution supporting Israel in this war with a solid condemnation of Hamas and what they've done. Thank you again for your time. So that was my, if I could have made a statement, that would have been the statement that I would have made. And so I'm glad I got that out because I worked on it all day long and I was ready to to do it. And so now I feel better at least getting to release it. So our Signs of the Times listeners can hear that. And then you guys can have some more information to use should this come up in your towns and your cities or whatever the case Mm. might be. Um, And so, again, we, we, we stand with Israel because God said to. And um, and that's why we do it. And that's, again, just to be obedient to our Lord. So, again, uh, you know, and, and I oftentimes do this at the end of the broadcast. I'm going to do it again right now because you never know who's listening. You know, we may have somebody out there. Maybe you got really upset when I read that. You know, mm. you, don't, you don't know the Lord yet. And you're Good really point. mad that I would take up for Israel. Yes. Why are you upset? Do you know the facts that I said? Are they not true? If they're not true, do you know they're not true? So if you're upset and you don't know that it's not true, why are you upset? It's probably a spiritual battle. The enemy right now is trying to make you upset. He's trying to drive you away from God. Look, here's what the Bible says. Jesus died for you on a cross, spilled his blood for you that you could be forgiven of your sins. And if you will simply confess your sins and turn from your sins and repent and give your life to Jesus Christ, he will save you right now. He will give you new life. He'll give you not only life here on earth, more abundant, but he has a place for you in heaven and before this world even goes crazier than we're seeing it now, he's going to take you out of here in what we call the rapture of the church. I encourage you, make that commitment. Ask God to forgive you. Run to Jesus Christ. Run to his blood on the cross. Give your life to him. And please call us here at Calvary Chapel, 865-609-1385. Ask for a pastor. We'd love to pray with you and talk with you and welcome you into the kingdom. And any way we can help, we are here to help you. 
Pastor Mark, thank you so much for sharing that and for all of your insight in our articles today. And folks, thanks for listening. Do not forget thewaymedia.net is where you can get all things Signs of the Times related as well as other content on our website and our app. And we hope that you have a great weekend, and we hope to see you back here next Friday at 1.30 as we continue to discuss the signs of the times right here on WIAM. Follow.